there's a scripture in Galatians, and we're all familiar with the verse. It says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And it's amazing to me to watch this. There is a sowing that goes on with men, everyone. And most of the time, people do not recognize that they're reaping what they have sown maybe years before. And we go up to jail and minister up there, and there are a lot of people there, if not all of them, that never really thought that they were going to sow what they reaped prior to that. And it's interesting because the beginning of the verse says, do not be deceived. So this is a great deception that goes on, and it's not limited to unsaved people. Uh, there are Christians who do certain things or don't do certain things, don't follow a certain path the Lord has laid out for them or do not uh, move in the will of God. And they believe maybe that that won't be, nothing's going to happen as far as reaping anything in particular from that. But people find themselves in certain circumstances or situations of their own making. And many times they have to go many years before they're able to get out of that. And that's not always the case, but a lot of times it's the case with uh, individuals. One individual I'm thinking of in, personally that they got into drugs. They started off with marijuana and they got into drugs and they never thought that they were going to get caught. They never thought, you know, all these different things were going to happen. And now they're in a position, a very bad place, where they are reaping what they've sown in their life. Now, have you ever heard of causality? In physics, this is the, this is the, the meaning of causality. In physics, it's a cause, a cause always precedes an effect. Um, a certain effect is brought about by a cause. Uh, or there's a relationship between cause and effect. Now on the individual level, we see this in the scriptures, there's a relationship between actions and results. It's basically saying the same thing. So there are certain actions that we do or do not do and those actions bring about results. Whether those results are recognized by the individual or not is beside the point. There are results. So I want to look at a verse, and I want to show you how important this one thing is in our life and how certain things come out from that. I was looking at this verse in John 14, and I actually went into the Greek and went into the verbs and the verb inflections because seeing some of these things for me, now I don't know how that plays out with other people. I mean, if you have a problem with, <clears throat> you know, verb tenses and that, and you don't quite grasp them or whatever, then it, it doesn't really maybe benefit you much. But I always try to look at that and then bring it down to a level where, you know, everyone can probably understand what it's really saying. And many times a casual reading of the verse doesn't bring out certain truth. 
you know, the English is a translation. It's a translation of the Greek here in the New Testament. And the words they use in English are not always the best, and they don't always represent the Greek inflections of the verb. So if you put a different inflection of a verb in there, when you read it, it's giving you a different thought. And now you're going to base what you believe on that thought. So for me, I like to go in there and I look at these different things. And sometimes they're very, very, very enlightening. Now, Jesus says this. We're still talking about actions and then results of these actions. He says to the religious leaders, he says, Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. So when God gave the law, there was to be a certain result from that. The action of him giving Israel the law. There was to be a certain uh, result from that. And Jesus sees this and he says that, you know, you're not keeping the law. The result of the action of the Father is not played out in your life. And so Jesus was telling them they had a problem with Jesus because Jesus was, you know, getting down to the root of what is going on in their heart. And then in Proverbs, it says this, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this years ago uh, in the bars and since then, many times, in the workplace, where a person cannot keep their mouth and keep their tongue, and what results is trouble. You know, a fight, a brawl, uh, some other thing takes place. So from this one thing, keeping our, our mouth, and we know that um, in James it talks about the tongue is an unruly evil. Uh, but the Lord, see, he can harness that in us so that there is a process here where we keep our mouth and our tongue. And I want to actually talk about this word and show you this word in John 14. And it's the word keep, or in the King James, it's, it's keepeth. So let's turn to John 14. John 14, verse 21. Now, what I want to do is I'm going to read the verse through, and then I'm going to come back and, and look at some of these words and, and try to show you the um, inflections of the verbs here that are very pointed, and they, they show us something. Verse 21. He who has my commandments, this is Jesus speaking, he who has my commandments and keeps them, or in the, in the King James says, keepeth them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So the key thing here in this verse, and, and I mentioned earlier about actions and results. There is an action here in this one verse of the Bible that if we can get this thing right, 
And I I don't mean that we do it all in our own self-strength. But we depend upon the Lord who helps us and strengthens us and gives us what we need. And then we exercise our will to do this. This one thing sets all these other things in this verse in motion. So without this one action... These other things we're going to look at in this verse will not come to pass. There will be no uh, result that the Lord wants from this keeping. So for you and I, we need to see this. He who has my commandments, he that who receives that, he who has been given, he that uh, lays hold of what the Lord is, is showing him what the Lord is teaching him, what the Lord uh, is giving him as he's reading or he's hearing some message, whatever it may be. Now, he who has that, in other words, you have in your will said, yes, Lord, I want that. Yes, I believe that. And yes, I want to go that way. See, this is all dealing how, now here with our will initially. So your will, my will will bring us into the possession of what he's saying. He that has my sayings, my commandments. See, so I, I exercise my will and I believe. See, without faith, it's impossible to, believe, um, it's possible to please God. So uh, you exercise your faith. Yes, Lord, I believe what you're saying. I might not understand it, but I'm going to believe it. So now... I have that, that comes to me. I have that, and this is a beginning point here. So, he who has my commandments and, and this is the very critical part of this verse, and keeps them. Now, this word keep, it doesn't reflect this here in just saying the word keep. It does, but it doesn't. This is a present participle, which means, for me, for you, I have to presently, this has to be in my heart, presently, continually keep. So let's just stop there a minute. And so the Lord shows me, okay, this is my will for you. This is what I want you to do. Now, apart from you know, the Word of God, you know, you know what I'm saying, apart from reading that, because I, I read the Scriptures, and it doesn't say, okay, I want you to do this particular thing. Talking about a personal thing, uh, a, a personal command, a personal word that the Lord, something He shows you personally for your life. Now, that can relate to the Word, it usually does, but not always. And so, for me, I'll, I'll use this example. So, the Lord showed me that I was to teach and I was to study the Word. So, okay, now I don't want to teach, and I don't want to study. So it's not what I do or do not want to do that is the key issue. The key issue is now, for me, will I have faith in God, and will I step forth to keep what He has shown me? So... That must be now in my heart, presently, 
continually. It's, it, it's a, a thing that's there. It's, it's just flowing. I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. See? He that has his commandments and keeps them. So it doesn't just mean, okay, well, I read something in a word. I'm going to keep that. It doesn't just mean that. This is a very broad thing. Remember, this is a personal salvation that you have entered into with Jesus Christ. And he deals with us on a personal level. And he will lead you and me in a personal way on a personal level. So that the keeping here will be based upon this relationship and, and how the Lord is directing me, what he's teaching me, what he's showing me, the way to go, all those different things. And in that, I need my will involved. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I need to have this, I am going to keep this word, this uh, whatever it may be that he is showing me, I'm going to keep that. So that, this is something that is an internal thing that moves in the heart where you presently, continually keep. So, so this becomes a key part of this verse. Now, he who keeps them, it is he who loves me. It is he who loves me. So, you cannot really love the Lord without keeping his word. And this is what he says in multiple places. So, it doesn't matter if a person says, I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. I mean, that's nice. But the real, when the Lord looks at that, the real meaning is... If you keep my commandments, you love me, not just saying you love me. And you can take that down on a personal level. You know, it's not just saying to your wife or your husband, you know, you love them. See, there's more than that. I mean, that's good. But words can fall short of what's really going on in the heart. See, so it, it takes more than words. Now, let's continue on. And he who loves me. So you're seeing here, it's like a progression in this verse. So you see, you have his command, or his commandments, or his word. Then you keep them. That's the second thing. Okay, then he says, now, if you keep them, you are the one who loves me. So there's this third thing now. This is a progression. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So, in this verse, there are two words here that are present participles. In other words, that's presently, continually, this thing must be, this must be functioning. And that's the word keep. And the other one is the word loves. He who loves me. That doesn't mean I love you, Jesus. It doesn't mean necessarily that I go to church or what I do. Uh, it means that this love that is birthed in my heart for Jesus is presently at work and continually moving in my life. So both of these words uh, or... I don't know how to say the, um, 
the actions represented by these words must be moving in our hearts. So we must be keeping his word, keeping his commandment, and we must be loving him. So you, and so the keeping and the loving, they go, they go hand in hand. They're together. So without the keeping, nothing else in this verse can really function. It can't. That's how important it is. That's how important it is when the Lord comes to me on a personal level and shows me something. And I might say, well, Lord, you know, I'm not really too sure about this. I don't know if I could really do this. I don't know if this is, you know, if I'm made up to even do this. But see, all that has to be put aside, all of our reasoning. And we must have faith toward God. So now if we have faith toward God, it doesn't matter what we think or we don't think of what he's saying. We can step forth in faith and move toward, you know, doing this particular thing. So the, the, the action here of keeping presently, continually, is very, very important because it sets all these other things in motion that we're going to look at. And I, I look at this one verse and... I'm amazed. I'm amazed when I see how much the Spirit of God can tuck away in one verse. One verse. It's amazing to me. And sometimes I say, do we really understand what's going on in some of these verses? You know, years ago they had these courses. I don't remember. Some of you probably remember them. They had these speed reading courses, and you could put your finger on the page, and you could go down, and they'd teach you how to speed read, so that you could go through, you know, 50 pages in, in a matter of a few minutes, five minutes. But when it comes to the Bible, there is no such thing. There should not be, I should say that, because this is not a novel, there is life locked up in the order of these words. And so when we read the word of God, we need to sit there and read it slowly so that the Holy Spirit can start to show us certain things in the verses. And I always tell the students in the Bible school, if you read and you set time aside to read your assignments, you, know, you need to read the scriptures slowly. I've done that for years. I'll read a couple of verses and stop. <laughs> or I might read five verses and stop. Or read one verse and stop. And look. Give the Lord time to reveal things to you. So anyway, back to this verse. The keeping of the word, the commandment, and the proper action of loving the Lord by keeping all together, the things all together, presently, continually flowing in and out from you. Now, I can't tell you how to do that. The Lord does these things. He, he, um, he teaches us whenever we set forth, okay, Lord, I see that I'm going to do that. And we, we might not even realize the ramifications of some of the things that go on. But just stepping forth to do them 
now the Lord starts to move other things around to, to uh, fulfill certain things. So I want to show you here the result. Now the action is what here? What's the action that we just talked about? Anybody? Keeping and loving. I want to show you the results from this one thing, keeping and loving. I guess we could do them both. But just that, it's amazing. He says, the result of keeping and loving is that the Father will love that person. Now, wait a minute. Does not, does not the Father love everyone? He's talking about a union here, I believe. He's talking about a union where his word, his commandment comes to you, to me. And now I believe that, and I say, Lord, yes, I will do that. Now I am in this union with the commandment. Now, because of this union, the Lord says those that keep his commandment are the ones that truly love him. Now there becomes this, this union between, and this is a relationship thing, between the Father and that person. So he's, Jesus says, my Father will love him. And the interesting thing here is, that's future tense. That doesn't mean now. It means future. In other words, after you keep and love, then the Father loves you. Now, this isn't talking about, for God so loved the world. See, that's a love, he loved the world, everyone. And, and not everyone we know responds to him. But this is talking about a response. This is talking about a relationship now that you and I build with the Father because we keep his word, because we keep his word. There's something that happened. Well, I don't want to keep his word because I'd rather go to the bar. Well, you can go to the bar. Or you can go do whatever you want to do. But see, not everybody loves the Lord. Jesus says, if you keep my word, those are the ones that truly love me. Those are the ones. So this applies to the Christian. The Christian. He's not talking about the world. The world doesn't love Jesus. The, wor the world doesn't keep his sayings, his, his word. See, it's the Christian who sets forth and sets out to keep his word. Not the world. So, so then, if it's talking about the Christian, well, this is something different now. So the Lord wants to bring this relationship that you have with him, however that may be for you, however close you are to him. He wants that to get closer and closer and closer and closer, and that's the way it is to work. So the keeping here is essential for the continual relationship with the Lord. 
the, the drawing together, uh, the desire to be close. See, we can pray, Lord, I, I want to be close. I want you to, to draw me to you. I want to be drawn to you. I want to be near you. And that's a good prayer. But that prayer will be answered, or the result of that will happen as you and I keep his word. No other way. That's why you have so many Christians that, you know, they say this, they praise the Lord, they say that, and then they turn around and they do their own thing. They do their own will. And the one individual I used to work with, I used to cringe every time he'd open his mouth on the work floor. In my spirit, I was like, oh, I would just, I'd be grieved. Sometimes I'd just leave because he would, you know, say things, this about the Lord and that about the Lord and praise the Lord and all this other stuff. And then he'd turn around, he'd do things or he'd start swearing on the work floor and, and, and he ruins any testimony that he could have brought forth. And so the Lord's not interested in that, you see. So the Lord wants to bring us closer to him. And that's only going to occur as we keep his word. So there's three things here, three results of the keeping and the loving in this verse. One is that the Father will love him, future tense. That, and this is, this is interesting. I was looking at it and I say, <laughs> you know, when John penned the word, when he penned this letter, did he know what he was saying or did he not? He's led by the Spirit of God and he's using the common language of the Roman Empire, which was Greek. And Greek has, just like English, has, you know, tense, present, past, future, uh, the voice, you know, and mood of the, of the verbs. All the verbs have these, or no, most of the verbs have a tense voice and mood. So, you know, when he says something, just like if I would say something to you, um, go to the store. Well, that's a command, you go to the store now. Or I could say, you went to the store. That means you already did that. See, so when I say those two different sentences, we understand the difference, don't we? Do we understand the difference there? We understand that. Well, it's the same here. When you see the verb inflections now, they wrote that and said things the way the Lord was showing them. So you have the result of the keeping and loving is that the Father will love him, future tense, that Jesus will love him, future tense, and that Jesus would manifest himself to that person, future tense. So in order for all those things to occur, we must keep. If we do not keep, then all those in the future tense cannot take place. And when he talks about the manifestation, that's a personal manifestation. I don't know. I believe that many of us here have had some type of manifestation of Christ to them. You know, however that may have occurred. I mean, I've had that happen on the mission field. I've had it happen where I've studied the word and I'm there reading and then the Lord just opens this thing up. It's almost like, like he parts the water. You know, it's like something's, something's opaque. You can't really see through it, you know. And it's all of a sudden the thing gets clear. 
And now you see something you never saw before. You, you might see the glory of God, whatever it may be that you see. And see, all those things, the manifestation of Christ, I believe, according to what I'm seeing here in this verse, that a lot of that is based upon the keeping, because the keeping is going to bring us into this closeness of relationship. And remember that this word keep is a continuous, to be a continual action. Presently, continually keep. So if that's moving in our hearts, then these things here that we see in the verse that are future tense, you know, that comes down eventually when the Lord brings that to us and we have this manifestation. I remember years ago I was in the church and the Lord had showed me something in the Word and I had never heard anybody teach it, preach about it, never read anything about it, never heard anything about it. And I was kind of saying, Lord, is this, is this right? I mean, I see it. I believe you showed it to me. And I thought, well, I'll just kind of hold that. And lo and behold, I came to church that day and um, Pastor Luffy was preaching and he preached exactly what the Lord had showed me some weeks prior to that. And I can't remember if it was that exact time or not, but I do remember being in church and I was looking, I was in the back or in the middle and I was looking toward the front. And I could see, and this was a manifestation of the Lord to me. And I could see almost like, you know, a blind where you, you pull the blind and the blind goes up. And in spirit, I could see the blind and the Lord was pulling up. And as, as the blind was going up, I could see that up here, it was much darker than down here. And when that came up, I could see, and to me, the Lord showed me. I said, what is this? Or what is this? And it was for, for me, the Lord was showing me that I was, that he was opening my eyes now in spirit to a greater degree to see certain things. So I don't believe that I would have ever seen that if I didn't have a heart to keep his word. And I didn't set forth to keep what he was showing me on a personal level. So the manifestation of Christ for me in that. I believe was based upon what happened before. As I said before, there are actions and then there are results. But many times we don't link the two together. We see certain results, but we don't link it to some action prior to that. I mean, it may not be important, but it, it may be. So it's important, I believe, to have this keeper, if you will, within us. The Lord developed this you know, that we keep his word. We keep his sayings. Uh, because remember that it says in Deuteronomy that if you keep his word, he told the children of Israel, if you, if you keep my word, you know, you, you will be blessed. That the blessing would come uh, along, it would actually overtake you. And if, if you do not keep his word, you disobey that you would have the curse, you know, and all these things, the certain things that would happen to them. And so the results of what we see with the children of Israel in the wilderness is directly related to the actions that they took 
And the actions that they took were that they didn't believe God, and we know, you know the story, and we know that they murmured and complained, and all these different things in the wilderness. Their actions resulted in their, their, um, their disobedience to the Lord, their disobedience to the, wor- the Word resulted in them dying in the wilderness. See, so this is throughout the Bible. It's not anything new that I'm talking about, but I'm just showing you this one thing in this verse to show you the importance of keeping His Word, keeping. Now, in John, 1 John, Chapter 2, verse 3. Now, we're not going to have time to really look at this. I don't know if I should look at this or not because this is, uh, takes too long. I guess we can, I can just read it. Okay, 1 John 2, verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him. Well, John... I thought that we already knew him and we came to Christ. Yes, we did. Yes. John, you know, John was a saved one. Okay. So he says here, now by this we know that we know if we keep his commandments. (laughs) So again, keeping the commandments here was the basis by which you know that you know him. So that if you don't keep the commandments, this knowing is missing. And I'll read a verse from Corinthians. It says, but if anyone loves God, present tense, loving God, this one is known by him. And this knowing, known by the Lord is talking about this closeness of relationship. Now, you know the Lord knows everybody. He knows every Christian. But he doesn't know everybody the same. Not everybody has a close relationship with the Lord. They call themselves Christians. They may go to church, whatever. But not everybody wants to keep his sayings to come closer and closer to the Lord and to see things maybe that they never saw before or understand things they never understood before. So, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, John is very pointed here. So, he's saying that, you can say all you want that you know him. Now I have or I am around people that say and acknowledge that they know him. But I do not have the witness in my spirit that this individual knows him. Now they're a religious leader in a church, but that doesn't mean that they know the Lord. There is, see, people do, religion is strange because they do all these outward things. They go through all these things, maybe even that are based on Scripture. But yet, Jesus said to the leaders that your hearts are far from me. In Isaiah, I believe it says that. You, You say these things with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. So having... A relationship with Jesus Christ 
you know, this is an internal thing where you believe, you trust him, you receive him as your savior, and now you move into this place where you know him, but that's not the end, that's just the beginning. To move down the path, remember it says in Isaiah, it talks about this highway of holiness. Now, to walk down this path, you must keep his word. See, because it's called the highway of holiness. So, you know, you can't, for example, do all these shady things and walk on this highway. So you, you, the Lord must develop integrity of your heart, you know, that you serve him with some type of integrity. So that you're walking on this path, and it's not that you can't make a mistake, I'm not saying that, it's that in your heart and your life, you know, you want to be holy as he is holy. You want to do the right things. So to stay on that path, we must keep his word. We can't stay on the path if we don't keep his word. If we decide we're going to not keep his word, we're going to do what we want, then we move off that path. And it says that on that path, it says no lion, no, no beast will come up there and destroy you. You know, spiritually, it's not going to tear you apart. It's not going to mess up your life. See, but if you get off that path, then you're, you're in some dangerous area. It's like a friend of mine who, who climbed this volcano. <laughs> and you go up so far, it's wooded. And above that, it's all clear. Well, if you stay down in the wooded area and it's nightfall, you're in big trouble, possibly, because that's where the tigers are. So you've got to get up past there. So, you know, there's different things, even things in the world, that testify to certain truths in the Scriptures. So, you know, if we want to uh, be in the safe place where, you know, the beasts will not tear us apart, you know, there's a lot... The enemy of your soul, um, he has different means by which to tear us apart. So if we keep his word and we stay on this path, and we're okay, we're in good shape. I mean, the Lord will take care of us there. Verse 5, but whoever keeps his word, now, that's a, that's a possibility. That's not a sure thing. It's how, that's why it's worded that, that way. But whoever keeps, it's possible that you can keep his word. It's possible that we won't keep his word. But whoever keeps present tense, his word, truly the love of God is perfected. Um, his love is perfected in him, in the individual. In other words, the love of God, the love of Christ, is to do something in our heart and our life. And that love will, will help us move a certain way to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, as it says in Romans 8.29. So there, there's a, the love will be perfected in you. See, but even that can't occur without keeping his word. So this is how important this is. 
So in uh, King James, it say, uses the word keepeth. Uh, in the New King James, it uses the word keep in verse 5. But whoever keeps, that's present, active, which means that the subject, you or I, does the action, the keeping, the subject. We do it. We do the keeping. So if you're going to have a relationship with the Lord and you want that relationship to draw closer and closer and closer, the key here is keeping. Remember Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom? You know he gave you keys to the kingdom? You know that? Well, this is the key. This is one of the keys. You put that in the lock here. The key is keeping. And you put that in the lock, and it turns that. It opens this door to all these other things. The manifestation. The Father loving you. Jesus loving you. All that now. All the relationship, the union, and so forth. That is to be brought to you, to, to me, to the Christian. Now that's all in the realm of possibility. So that's the key to open that door. So that's the key for you and I to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, some people love the world so much that they don't uh, really want to go closer and move closer to the Lord. Because you know what? The closer you get to the Lord, the more of you has to be put aside. The more of you and I, that goes. Whenever uh, Jesus was up uh, on the Mount of Transfigurations, he took his uh, disciples with him, three of them. And he began to be transfigured before them. Did you, do you believe that, that they had the ability to get up and say, yeah, Jesus, you're number one, just like down the football stadium. Number one, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, peace, brother, peace. They weren't doing that. They were afraid. They were, you know, they, they moved into something that they never saw before. And this closeness of Jesus to the Father was overwhelming to them. Overwhelming. They didn't even know what to say. Didn't know what to say. Keeping for you and I is very important. And I want to show you one more verse in closing. Proverbs 19, verse 16. He, he who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. So keeping will lead to keeping. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. See, so that's how your soul will be kept. That's how, that's how it works. And so the importance of this, I, I believe, is, is paramount. Revelation talks about keeping of the garment. See, so you, you, can't, you can't have a, a, a white garment without this keeping. It doesn't work. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. 
He is the faithful God keeping his covenant. So the Lord does the keeping too, you know. It's not just all us. He keeps his covenant. He keeps his word to you. And then you keep his word. And then in one, one more verse I want to read. And this is from John 15. So this is everywhere, you know. It's all over the Bible. If you keep my commandments, you will abide. This very well may be if you have keep, kept uh, my commandments. I'm not sure. But I'll read it the way it is here. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So there's quite a bit going on, even in John 14, the one we looked at, John 14, 21, a lot going on. And in uh, John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Pretty, pretty straightforward. And my father will love him, and we, both of us, that's a, that's a plural pronoun here in the Greek, and we will come to him and will make our home. It's the same word as mansions. In my father's house are many mansions. We will make our mansion with him. We'll make our home with him. Why? Why, is, why does that occur? Because of the keeping. Because of the keeping. 